It's Wednesday afternoon. Time once again for me to say hello to Paul Harrison from Walk the Talk for a bit of Hong Kong history. Hello, Sarah. Hello. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about Happy Valley, not the the racing so much as a fire. Yes, but a fire at the racing and a very unhappy fire. An unhappy fire. fire. Yes. (laughs) Not that you can have a happy fire apart from, say, a barbecue or a bonfire night. Okay, tell me about this unhappy fire. Well, if you were to ask someone, what's the worst sporting event of modern times? Now, my brother, being a fanatic Leicester City supporter, would say going to the third division or getting the FA Cup final five times and never winning. But in terms of people actually dying, um, Hong Kong is in the Guinness Book of Records because on the 26th of February, 1918, around 600 people died in a fire in Happy Valley. Okay, so we've just gone past the uh, The, anniversary. The 92nd anniversary. So where did it all start? It started on the west side of the um, Happy Valley Racing Stadium. There had been three days of racing for the new year, and Sir Ellis Kadori had just won a race with Titan Chief, which had won the fourth race, and half an hour later a fire started in the stadium. Now, the stadiums aren't like the modern ones made of concrete. The stadiums then were bamboo matchheads. And what happened was that the fire got hold. It had been a very dry um, spring, so the bamboo and pines were tinned dry. And I'll come back to why. The stadium collapsed like a pack of cards into the fire, and a lot of people died. It's terrible. Mm. Don't hear much about it, though, do you? You see some of the photos around occasionally. It ought to be maybe more mentioned. There is actually a memorial to it, and it's right next door to the Sevens Rugby Stadium. Mm. Um, The memorial? Yes. If you go to the Sevens Stadium and go to the left side up the first lot of concrete steps just before you go inside uh, there's a gate and a fading sign saying this way to the happy valley fire memorial and then there's a footpath going round keeping the stadium on the right hand side Hmm. to the um, memorial which isn't very well visited because i guess now that 92 years have passed uh, people don't know the people Hmm. who were listed there anymore and the hill is called Coffee Hill. I don't know why it's called Coffee Hill. Yet another job for me to do. <laughs> I could hazard a guess. <laughs> <laughs> they used to grow coffee, coffee there, there maybe. As, as they used to grow coffee in Pokfulham. Mm. Okay, so uh, tell me a little bit more about how this all happened. Well, in those days, the jockey club land was shared with the golf club since 1890. And in 1996, permanent stables had been built there. And in 1906, a stadium was set up just for Chinese ladies. And from 1890, matchheads had started happening. And these were in 26 sites and in one continuous long structure. Um, And this was made out of bamboo, you said? Yes. Like you see, like the bamboo scaffolding... Right. And like you sometimes see for the Chinese opera houses, yep. they had been um, similarly constructed to make a stadium. Um, and it was all done by one company, the Quoxan Company. And they were building them bigger and bigger. Um, 
1911, they started experimenting building it to two stories. And from 1914, the first three-story started appearing. In 1917, there were three three stories. And in 1918, the year of the fire, there were four three-stories. And they were forgetting to brace them because they'd been told off that the brace, the, the supports were churning up the golf club land. And this was annoying the golfers who were having their immaculate teeing off places wrecked by having bamboo poles mm. um, ripping them up. So they were emitting these poles. So the structures were getting bigger and bigger and less and less supported. It's terrible. Mm. And the, the matchhead regulations at the time were designed for Chinese opera houses, which operated at night. And so they had a different set of needs to one that would be uh, operating during a day. So they weren't really tested and checked to see whether the frames were rigid enough to support this building higher and higher mm. and taking more and more people. And Regulation 6 about building these matchheads was that they had to protect the golf club land. And Regulation 5 was no gambling. But these um, were built with holes in them so that buckets could be lowered to collect people's gambling money and return receipts to them. So gambling was happening. Underneath the seats? Um, or from one level to another. Buckets would come down through holes to the people uh, t so they could pass the money. And they weren't meant to cook in there either, but people had started to bring in charcoal braziers to the bottom level. So that's where the source of fire came from. In 1914, they had checked the water pressure. Now, what they actually needed was 100 pounds of pressure to get to there, but what they actually only had was 30 pounds, but it wasn't really acted on. On the day of the fire, the jockey club supplied water. A hydrant wasn't working, so they had to go to the golf club hydrant. So it's a chain of all these different links happening to build the fire. It sounds absolutely scandalous mm. from beginning to end, the yes. whole thing. There wasn't a fire brigade engine nearby. It had to be rang for, so it took 15 minutes to get there. By which time um, it was ablaze. It was ablaze. And then when the stadium was alight, because they had been built to keep rainwater off, they were perfectly designed to keep the, f um, the fire brigade's water off too. Mm. It was inefficient because it was designed to take water away. Was there an inquiry afterwards? There was an inquiry, a coroner's inquiry, and they had 101 witnesses, and they introduced many regulations to make matchheads safer. Was everyone who died Chinese? Well, if you go to the Coffee Hill Memorial, that's what you'd ha they'd have you think, that um, because they list 614, well, they say 614 people died in this fire, and then they go ahead and list 610 names, all Chinese, and 400 people were injured. But different sources, again, they give different reports, 570 bodies were found, but David Twynham, who used to work for the jockey club, 
um, the, the Royal Jockey Club, who I am in thoroughly indebted for, for providing me with his thesis that he wrote at Leicester University on this fire and who kindly sent it to me. He scoured all the newspapers for the time and he compiled a list of 687 people. So Almost a hundred more. more. And the Guinness Book of Records says it's only 604. So that the Guinness give the much smaller result. Um, going through David's list, I found for non-Chinese there were four Portuguese names. Now these might be Macanese, they could be Eurasian. Four Japanese type names and two other names. And for the men, 24 non-Chinese names, of which nine are Japanese, seven are Portuguese, two are Indian and three are British but they might be Eurasian too. Mm. Very sad day for Hong Kong. Mm. But hopefully some lessons were learnt. Yes. Well, we haven't had so many match shed, terrible match sheds fires from that. But if you think about the, the time, the population of Hong Kong at this time was 561,000. So with 600-ish dying, that's the equivalent of one in a thousand dying which is so it's a huge it's it was a tragedy for Hong yes. Kong. Um, the British listeners may remember the Bradford football fire, mm. which was in 1985, in that the stadium held 3,700 people, in that 56 people died. So, um, sad story, Paul, but uh, thank you very much for telling us about it. So you said we're 92 years yes. down, yeah, so it's not far away from the 100... Yeah, mm. anniversary. Mm. Do you think it will be commemorated in any way? It should be commemorated. The memorial needs sprucing up. Um, maybe they'll employ me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there had to be a reason for telling me the story. Paul, thank you very much indeed, and I'll see you next week. Thank you very much.